Welcome to GCAF Manila Podcast. Listen to God's Word on the go and on demand. Good morning, everyone. So kindly greet the person next to you with a smile and say good morning. So good morning to the ones here in our physical service and also a good morning to our family there on the platform online. So whether you're watching from Facebook or YouTube or you will be watching this a few a few months from now, maybe a replay. Uh, God bless uh, you as you journey with us here. And, you know, the, the past four, four weeks, we've been talking about staying, hashtag staying blessed. Hashtag staying blessed. And I'll just do a quick recap of what was preached the past four weeks. So the first week, Pastor Marvin preached about hashtag stay blessed. So very creative. Three Ds. So deepening our commitment to walk with God, desiring to intentionally keep His word. And three, depending on God daily. And we, we went on the second the second week was about hashtag stay pure. So we talked about three S. Secure our hearts with God's word. Soak yourself with God's word. And savor the word of God with delight. The third week, we talked about three Ds by Pastor Jeter. So demand, hunger for his word. Desire to obey the Lord. Delight in glorifying God. And then, Pastor Harina. Oh. Three C's, he, he preached, uh, Brother Hurry preached about three C's. Confess all your ways, choose the truth, and cling to God's word. So let's actually read the verse that I'll be talking about, but that's the context. It may be similar in terms of the whole Psalm 119 really talks about the word of God, staying rooted, staying blessed as we read the word of God. And it's still going to be on that same topic. Today, we'll be talking about the path of delight. The path of delight. Let's read the text first. Psalm 119, verse 33 to 40. So, it says here, we are in the he, or hey. Hey is the, the term. The, the chapter where it starts with parang the. So, teach me your decrees, O Lord. I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. Give me an eagerness for your loss rather than a love for money. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Reassure me of your promise made to those who fear you. Help me abandon my shameful ways, for your regulations are good. I long to obey your commandments. Renew my life with your goodness. So I got, uh, I got pressured into being also creative with the points, diba? my 3Ds, 3Ss, 3Cs. And even how the psalmist wrote the text, it was also in... Uh, same letter yung starting and same word yung starting ng every part of the poem. 
So I have followed that. So we will be talking about three Ds. We'll talk about discernment, we'll talk about direction, and we'll talk about delight. But first, let's pray again. Lord, thank you, Lord, for your word in Psalm 119. Lord, I pray that you'd allow us to really soak in your word. Lord, I pray that you take away everything that's distracting us from giving our best attention to you and your word today, Lord. I pray that we would listen with our minds, in our knowledge, but we would also learn in understanding, Lord, and in discernment, Lord, of your word today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So it starts with discernment. So it says, teach me your decrees, O Lord, I will keep them to the end. And then the psalmist still asks, give me understanding, I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. So why discernment? When you ask for being taught the decrees, that actually starts with knowledge. When you ask somebody to teach you, you are asking him or her to teach you about the knowledge. Meaning, uh, example, teach me your decrees, O Lord, is a knowledge of the law and his word. You are asking God for him to teach you knowledge of the law and his word. But then he moves on to say, give me understanding. So I'll differentiate that a bit. Knowledge, decrease is knowledge. Understanding is deeper than knowledge. Why can I say that? So knowledge is just about head, head belief. For example, one plus one equals two, I know that. But understanding is understanding deeper. Why is one plus one plus one? Uh, why 1 plus 1 is 2? So, the knowledge is the first part. The second part is understanding. But there is actually a third part, which is discernment. So, in Psalm 119, verse 125, it's not there on the screen, but if you review, in Psalm 119, verse 125, so a few verses after this, uh, this text, it says, Give discernment to me, your servant. Then I will understand your laws. So it says here, give discernment to me, your servant, then I will understand your laws. So if you really think about it, knowledge is first. For you to understand the word of God, you need to know it. The second part of allowing the word of God to work in your life is for you to ask for the understanding of it. Meaning you're getting what it means. The next part of it is actually discernment because you can understand something but if you don't understand even in a deeper sense or you can't quantify or you can't dig into why it's important to put it into practice, it's very different. So let me say it again. So knowledge is the first part. The second part is actually getting an understanding of it. And the third part is really the discernment, the application of the knowledge and understanding it and why it's important. So you can read the Bible, so I'll give you some examples later. And then it says here, teach me your decrees. In other versions it says, so that I will keep them to the end. Meaning, I need the knowledge, Lord. I need the understanding. And that's what will enable me to keep them to the end. 
So as I study your word, Lord, I want you to give me knowledge. I want you to give me understanding, but I want to be able to obey them. This was the thing that the, the psalmist was talking about here. So it also says, I will put them into practice. And it did not just say, I will put them into practice. There's an attitude that comes after, which says, with all my heart. Meaning, this is not just for the sake of obeying. Like, I know something in my head that's bad, Lord, I won't do that. I know this is good, Lord, I'll do that. But you have to get to a point where you do it with all your heart. So I'll explain to you in a physical context, and then we'll talk about in a Bible or how we're able to apply it in our life. So for example, basically you actually obey, you can obey with just knowledge. Again, basically you can obey with just knowledge. When you said, when, when you're told, let's say, uh, when you're told, let's say, um, you need to get a good night's sleep. When, you're, when your parents tell you, Uy, uh, Jam, you need to get a good night's sleep, ha? Kasi para, yun, important yan, that's for, that's for your own good. But when we, sometimes, we don't see the whole picture. When we just, we can follow it, maybe a few nights, we obey. We obey, now we sleep eight hours a night. But then, when our mother or our parents are no longer reminding us, sometimes we no longer put them into practice. And sometimes we don't put it into practice with all our heart. Why? Because we don't understand its implications yet. So when you're a child, you sort of don't understand certain implications. You don't understand na hindi lang KJ aking parents na ayaw lang ako ipagawa ng lahat ng gusto ko gawin. But it's hard to obey if it's just knowledge. So, for example, the kids do not understand na if they don't sleep, hindi sila tatangkad. Then, biglang pag, pagtanda nila, parang, sana nag, natulog na lang talaga ako, mabuti yung bata ako, tignan mo, ang putot-putot ko. So, you, you get the point? In a physical context, it's easy, you can actually obey just by knowledge. You can obey something because you know it was said to you, you are to sleep eight hours a night. But, to do that with all your heart, you really need deeper than knowledge. You need understanding and you need discernment of why it's important, why did our parents set those rules, and why do we need to follow them. So, hindi katatangkad. And sometimes, kids also do not see the big picture na when they get older, biglang it starts breaking down in their body. So, pagod na parati, etc. You'll, you'll understand that the older you get, the more you'll understand the importance of rest and sleep. So, you see, you can follow knowledge or rules-driven. Uh, rules driven. You can be rules-driven without understanding and without discerning. And usually, you just follow as when you're seen. Another example, brushing your teeth. So, sometimes, we're reminded every day, like me, I was reminded by my mom every night, Piance, nagbrush ka na ng teeth. Uh, wala pa. Oh, brush ka muna. And then you would do it. But you're not doing it with all your heart. You just know that sabi ng parents ko, it's good. So knowledge-based. But you don't understand the implications na masira yung ngipin 
and then it's more painful than just doing the discipline daily. So, similarly in our walk with the Lord, knowledge obedience is actually a great start. I'm not saying don't learn the Bible, don't learn knowledge, but I'm saying that's just the good start. You need to be able to not to settle with just knowledge-based obedience. You are to move forward and pray for understanding-based and discerning-based obedience. Again, we are not just called to be knowledge-based in terms of our obedience. We are called to be in understanding and in discernment and we put that into practice with all our heart because we understand what it means. So as you grow, as you mature, you actually see the bigger picture and that helps you see why you need to do what you're told to do and why is it important in the long run. So for example, reading and meditating on God's word, word daily. If you're just going to make it a knowledge law, then maybe after this a series of staying blessed, of staying rooted in God's word, you'll just say, ah, sinabi kasi ng pastors namin magbasa ng Bible, kaya gagawin ko. I tell you, that's gonna last for a while, but it will come to a point where you're not gonna follow it with all your heart if you don't truly understand how important reading the Bible is and how it should shape the way you live and how it can help you live your life with a better manual the right manual that you're looking at. It's similar to brushing your teeth, like I said. If you just follow what the pastors tell you, it's different when you experience it firsthand, when you ask the Lord for understanding firsthand, when you ask the Lord for discernment firsthand. And then you will understand na, Lord, when I, I spend more time with you, parang I, I have a peace that passes human understanding. Why? Because you are now understand that it's not just about reading it, checking a to-do list. It's about really communing with God and allowing His mind to go through you so that you make decisions the way that He wants you to make decisions and shape the way you, you act, shape the way you treat people. You know, like even a few days ago, we were talking with the pastors. We were talking about experience a corporate. And we would see a corporate people would, uh, there's a difference between somebody who is a servant leader, was developed as a servant leader in church, and who had to be brainwashed in corporate. So I'll give you an, uh, I'll expound a bit. So for some people, when they go into corporate, they get so many promotions there, but they don't have the heart to serve. What happens is it gets to their head. And they are they treat people wrongly. They they uh, may siraan siraan nila yung lahat ng tao except them. They protect their own image. They don't serve. They're so entitled. But if you're taught early about the word of God shaping the way you think, the way you treat people, when you get the promotions, you're not gonna be lording it over them. You're gonna learn to serve them. You're gonna learn to take care of your people. And in the long run, people will follow you because you treat your people right. So I know it's quite broad, but I'll try my best to be able to be clear as possible for us to understand the implications of discernment. 
Now, discernment, you have to pray for enabling, for discernment, and that you may understand the beauty of His instructions. So, of course, later we'll keep discussing. But I just remembered a verse. So, in Romans 12, verse 2, it says, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be renewed, in, uh, but be transformed in the renewing of your mind. Then you may discern what the will of God's what the will of God is, it's pleasing, perfect, and good. So in, in Romans, it talks about the Word of God is not to change just our knowledge. It's actually to shape the way we think. It's to shape the way we act and to shape the way we treat people. Because what the world prioritizes, we're not called to conform to that. We're called to be discerning what the will of God is. And as we discern the will of God, for our lives, we are able to soak in God's Word and live it out. So the first point is discernment. The second point is direction. Now, direction. It says here, make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. Give me an eagerness for your loss rather than a love for money. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. So direction comes from path. When you talk about direction or when you talk about path, it's interchangeable. The path of obedience, the path of commands is the direction of commands. When you follow, the psalmist was not just praying for discernment. The psalmist was also praying that God would give him direction that God would give him the right path to take in his life, the right decisions that he has to make in his life. Make me walk along the path. I pray that also us, that would be our prayer, that our prayer would be, Lord, not, Lord, give me a, Lord, this is the path I want. Use this. The prayer here is different. It's saying, Lord, Make me walk along the path of your commands, not my commands, not my dreams, not my own will. Make me walk along your path. Give me your direction, Lord. Give me clear direction, for that is where my happiness is found. Give me an eagerness for your laws. So the path here is the direction or the path of obedience. And then he prays another prayer, which is, Give me an eagerness for your loss, rather a love for money. So this is actually one application point. What the psalmist was saying is, one part of God's direction in your life is the eagerness or the desire to follow God's loss. So one direction in your life, if you want clear direction in your life, you have to understand the law, you have to read it, and you have to Meditate on it and you have to apply it. But he did not just say, Lord, I just want knowledge. He was also asking for a heart that's eager, that's willing to read it. You know, sometimes as we walk in our, when, as we go through our walk with the Lord, sometimes our eagerness is not at, as high as it should be for the, Lord, for the word of the Lord. And that's why the psalmist, I think the psalmist also would struggle through his time with the Lord. Like all of us, even if you're a pastor, there are times in your walk that 
parang you just don't feel like reading it. So if you're just knowledge-based that you should and you feel like you're forced, it's not gonna be sustainable. That's why the psalmist was, Lord, I don't want just it to be a routine. I want it to be something that I'm eager for. I pray that all of us would be eager this year in 2022 to study God's Word, to meditate on it more this year. And then it says also here, rather than a love for money. And it says, turn my eyes from worthless things. So direction, the path is about direction, where you go, right? But your eyes is also about focus. So I'll say it. Direction is really determined by the path, where you go. But it is also determined by your focus, meaning where your eyes are looking. Again, direction is determined by your path, where you go. But it is also determined by focus, where you look. Where you look is as important as where you're headed. So for example, the path of direction of God's word is here, but you're looking there. How are you going to walk? That's why the psalmist was talking about two things. He was talking about path and he was talking about focus. Where is my eye looking? Where is my eye looking? So if I walk here and I look here, I might fall off a cliff or the stage because my eyes are not looking on the right things. So the psalmist was talking about, you are to help me, Lord, to follow your commands, but help even my eyes, Lord, to turn away from worthless things. So again, I'll go back to Romans 12. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed in the renewing of your mind. So the pattern of this world is they're trying to make you look at somewhere else. For example, if I need peace in my life, self-care, not spend time with the Lord. If, I, if you need parang significance, achievements, instead of my identity is in Christ. Are you getting the point? Your eyes are as important as the path. Where you are looking and where you're focusing determines the path you are actually creating. You might be creating another path. You might know, the, you might know in knowledge that this is the right path, but if you keep looking here, you're bound to be arriving in a different place than where God wanted you to be. So focus, where focus goes, energy flows. So if you're focused more on achievements, when you're focused more on uh, just your own sake, your own self-care, when you're focused more on selfishness, when you're focused more on just you, 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 then it's going to change your direction. And the, the other versions in the Bible, they actually said, turn my eyes from vanity. All those worldly meaning thing, uh, meaningless things that distract. So if the world is trying to teach you na dapat pera-pera lang yan, dapat net worth lang lahat, huwag kang magbigay sa church kasi dapat net worth goals lang. If you're, but you know that it's right to tithe, but your eyes are always looking at just my money, just the car I'm gonna have. I'm not saying it's bad to dream because 
dreaming is also a part of growing your faith. But if you're more focused on this rather than the path of obedience, that's what the psalmist was praying for. So the psalmist did not say, don't pray for any dreams, don't, don't achieve anything, uh, maging monk lang tayo lahat dito, read your Bible 24 hours a day, wag ka na matulog. That's not the point. The point here is, it says, give me an eagerness for your loss rather. So it did not say, don't. It says, mas important lang ang loss over what the world values. Are you getting the point? It didn't mean, wag mo na talaga yan. Parang don't aim to be excellent at work. It didn't say that. It meant, pero mas important pa rin ang obeying God over everything. So it's okay to dream, but the more important part is an eagerness for the path of God and to help, to ask for help from the Lord to put where your focus should be. In other versions, it even says vanity, and then the, the next phrase, it says, let your priorities be mine in the Amplified Version. So, Lord, turn my eyes from vanity, these meaningless things that can distract me, and let your priorities be mine. So if your eyes are here and you're focusing on there, you're asking God to look at where, Lord, where do you want me to look? This was the prayer of the psalmist. Now, based on how you are using your waking hours, so I don't know how many hours you sleep, but if you sleep eight hours, you have 16 hours of your day. How you use that actually reflects what you treat valuable. Again, how you use your waking hours determines what you value. So if sometimes my app's uh, phone, like, my phone, I can see how many hours I spend on my phone. We call, uh, they call it screen time. So on average, I spend about six hours a day on my phone. Now, that will reflect how much you value your phone and what you value. How do you use that six hours? So on an average person, they use their phone about actually eight hours a day. Wow. Did you know that you could finish the Bible reading it six minutes a day? Six minutes a day, you can finish the Bible in a year. Imagine how many times you could read the Bible with one hour of your, uh, one day of your eight, uh, of your eight hours uh, in screen time, right? So when I was reading that article, I was saying, Lord, forgive us for what we value. Uh, and young average person, uh, eight hours a day sa cell phone, hindi pa kasali ang TV. So, of course, kasali na yung mga Netflix and all, but hindi pa kasali yung TV. So, imagine what type of things that our eyes are looking at the, most of the time. The prayer of the psalmist was, turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. Lord, how am, I, how am I growing my focus on your word this year? How many minutes can I even set aside lang, Lord? Parang, Lord, can I just set aside at least six minutes? Give me discipline. Give me an eagerness to spend six minutes a day to read your word. 
Of course, hindi pakasali ang notes no na. So if you take notes, maybe you'll take about 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day to finish the Bible. But six minutes, guys. Six minutes. And we spend thousands of hours on our phones yearly. So the prayer here is not, no, don't use your cell phone. Of course, we use it to communicate to people. We use it for other things, right? We, we use it to uh, call our loved ones, and that's okay. But here is, give me an eagerness for your laws that I would be eager to read your word this year, Lord, more than I'm eager to watch eight hours straight of Manifest on Netflix. Because I was guilty of that. I, was, I watched Manifest, I think, for four hours straight uh, one, one day. So imagine... Even kahit 10 minutes noon, binigay ko kay God. Uh, kahit 20 minutes noon, like I would have given. So, kay drama, kaya nga natin whole Saturday, buong day, di ba? But I pray that this year, in 2022 and onwards, we, we pray for an eagerness for God's laws, for God's word, that we may spend more time in His word. We're not saying that you spend your eight hours, but please, Please pray for an eagerness from the Lord to help you turn your eyes from worthless things and give you life through His Word. So if you want to know, if you want to, you know, a lot of people who search on Google, they ask, what's the greatest direction for my life? Or what's my next step in life? If you want to get direction in your life, know what is important to God. Read His Word. Read His Word. Know what is important to Him. Read it and apply it in your life. And the third is delight. My last point, delight. It says here, make me walk along the path of your commands for that is where my happiness is found. In other versions, they even says for I delight in your path. So make me walk along your path of your commands for I delight in it. In the New King James Version, if I recall. So it says here that I walk, make me walk in it but don't just make it about knowledge. I want to be able to love it, Lord. I want to love listening to you. I want to love soaking in your word. I want to say that that's where my happiness and my delight comes from. Make me walk in your path, for that is where I delight. So I don't just know your commands. I don't just read it. I don't just obey it, but I love it. You see the, the path of delight, that, the, the sermon title? You started from being dead. You had no desire for the Word of God. And then God came into your heart and He started giving you the desire to pursue Him. And as you desire to pursue Him, you got to learn more and you got to understand more. And then as you understood it and as you understood the implications of it, you, became, you grew up from a spiritual child to a spiritual uh, adolescent to a parent. Eventually, it becomes something you delight. Like, I'm no longer forced to read my Bible. I pray that becomes our, all, our goal. That Of course, there will still be times where maybe you'll lose strength, but ask from God, ask from God na, Lord, help me to delight in your word. Help me to not just go here, just finish the Bible so I can check my list. 
But help me to go into your word and love it. Lord, I want to love your word this year. I want to love it for the rest of my life. This was the prayer and the declaration of the psalmist. For I love your word. I love to walk in your path, Lord. I love it. I love it. I delight in it. And then he says, help me abandon my shameful ways. For your regulations are good. And he says, I long to obey your commandments. It takes it to a whole new level. So I delight in it. I love your commandments. And it says here, I long to obey it. Lord, ano pa? Parang, ano pang pwede kusundin, Lord? Tell me, because I long to obey it. You imagine with me, this psalmist. Lord, let me love your word. Let me love it. Lord, nang, nang gigil siya eh. Longing is a sort of giggle, like parang I long to see my wife after one week na hindi makita. So I long, you, you long, there's a, there's a strong desire not just to obey it, but there's a strong desire to, to soak in it and to actually obey it. Lord, ano pa, ano pa Lord, ano pang pwede ko i-obey? Imagine that type of following that type of walk with the Lord. I know it's not gonna happen overnight because it took how, I don't know how old the psalmist was. I don't, I don't even know who wrote it. Some are saying David, but at this point in his life, he may be a couple of years, he was old. Maybe he was already, he already understood the implications of life, of spending time with God's word. But he came to a point where he longed for it. And then he says, for your regulations are good. So, like, I'll give you an example, yung bata noon, di ba? You did not appreciate yung toothbrush, reminding that. You also did not appreciate sleeping. Pero as you grow up, at saka tumangkad ka, sinunod mo at saka tumangkad ka, you will actually say, Lord, thank you na inobey ko aking parents kasi mas matangkad ako ngayon. <laughs> For your regulations are good. Uh, your regulations are good. So it came to a point where you already understand na importante pala yun, Lord. So for example, I'll give you a kid. Example, my, my fire. The kid wants to touch the fire. So syempre, as a, as a parent, you don't want the kid to touch the fire, right? Because they might get burned. So pagbata pa siya, they don't understand that. But when they grow, grow old, parang, oh nga, Lord, importante pala yung rules mo kasi kung hindi yun, baka namatay na ako at five years old kung pinabayaan lang ako na aking parents. Because regulations are good. So I'll give you an example. Uh, in my previous company, we called it, this framework is something we called freedom within a framework. So when you're still new, you don't understand rules. You're usually, you don't like following rules. As kids, we are rebellious to rules. We want na, anong gusto natin, yun. But as we grow, we understand that freedom within a framework is important. So I'll give you an example. Budget. If a company is given a budget, it's not because parang they just want to restrict you. Because if you're just allowed to overspend the way you want, tapos nag-overspend, walang in income ang company, 
biglang magtanggal, mag-layoff ng ibang tao, then doon mo palang na-understand na, o oh nga, Lord, no, tama pala, mag-budget pala sa company. Even in our, in our finances, there is wisdom in, in tithes. Because if you can't even live off of 90, if you can't even be disciplined with 90, at let's say 10,000% of, 90% of 10,000, if you can't be faithful with 9,000, 9, then you're gonna have a hard time when it becomes 30,000 and 50,000 and you, if you have a, if you'll keep overspending and you use your credit card above and beyond every single month, you'll be lost in debt. That's why budgeting is important. The regulation was not designed for you to be constricted. The regulation was good. It was to protect you from yourself. Tights are actually some, for me, the science of tights is actually protecting you from when, if, how you handle little. Because as God gives you more, you'll be able to handle it. And then you'll say, Lord, your regulations are good. But at the time at which parang you feel constricted ka, you'll always say na, Lord, mali talaga itong loss mo. Bakit magbigay pa ako ng 1,000, 10,000 na lang nga pera ko? But as you understand how freedom within a framework works, it becomes good. So, so diba, if in budgets, hindi naman kami sinabihan ng company na ito lang only way gastusin nyo. They gave us a certain type of freedom. Vians, you have, let's say, you have 100 million budget, Vians. But that's the max you can spend. And there is wisdom in not overspending. So there is wisdom in freedom. They, they give us a sort of freedom na, oh, 100 million ka, ikaw bahala, paano mo gamitin? So may freedom ka pa rin. Pero if you spend more than that, and your sales doesn't go uh, as, as planned, then you'll be facing a deficit and then biglang may budget cuts or baka mawala ka sa trabaho. The regulations were there meant to protect you from yourself. So regulations are good. There has to, but you are given a freedom. Same with our walk with God. We are given a certain freedom how we live our lives, what decisions we're gonna make. But we are also given certain frameworks to stay within. They're not for us to be constricted. They're, they're for us to be protected. So for example, yun, finances or even, let's say, uh, whatever command. For example, parang being, uh, parang being in a relationship pero cheating the relationship. That's... Parang for some, they say, ano mayan bakit isa lang? Pero the regulation is good because there are certain things that happen in your heart when you, you give it just to anyone, any person. And it becomes harder to love a certain person when your heart is divided by different priorities. I won't give too many examples, but I think you get the point. There is a freedom within a framework that God gives us. And I pray that as we go into this year, we will not blame God. Lord, bakit KJ ka? No, our parents were not KJ. God, God's not KJ. He gives regulations 
that are good. They are meant to protect us. They are meant for us to grow. So for example, bakit sa finances, you are to, taught to be too tight. Eventually, because you're gonna be blessed more. And as you are blessed more, you are to be entrusted with more and then you'll be able to go through your life and grow your generosity. And then, meron din times na, bakit Lord, kul- kuminsan kulang parati pera ko, Lord? Maybe God's disciplining you in some aspects. Maybe you're overspending. Maybe you're not following tithes. Did you know, this is a crazy fact, mas marami pang utang ang mga tao na hindi nagtatites. So, before I preached, I think two years ago about tithes, a person who doesn't tithe, parang has, parang 20, 200% more credit card debt than a person that actually gives tithe. So, yung mas may konting pera, theoretically, yun pa ang walang utang. Bakit? Kasi, yung regulations, fina-follow niya. And then, as God trusts them with more finances, they're able to take care of the finances. So, a person who, is, who has a lot of earnings, pero baon sa utang, usually doesn't tight. Yun yung study. So, regulations are good. I'll, I won't build on this too much, but the point is, freedom within a framework. Regulations of the Lord, the Word of God, is important for us to learn because there are rules that help shape our lives and that help protect us. Because there are some people who say, hindi na lang ako magbasa ng Bible para hindi ako makonvict. Hindi, hindi na ako magbasa ng Bible kasi parang baka mas maraming KJ rules. No. Read the Word, understand it because they're meant to protect you and they're meant to shape your faith. If God is giving you little now, it doesn't mean God will not give you more in the future, not just finances, but God will bless you as you bless, as you trust Him and as you grow your faith in Him and as you live by His Word. And then it says here, renew my life with your goodness. In other versions, the word used was actually one we sang earlier, which was revival. In other versions, it says, revive my life with your goodness. In other versions, it says, revive my word, my life with your word. He was praying, the psalmist was praying, Lord, send revival in my life. I want a revival in my life, Lord. So I, let me just close your eyes, just close your eyes with me. You know, I don't know where you are in your walk with the Lord. Maybe some of you here are spiritually dead. Maybe you're listening to the sound of my voice and you're spiritually dead and your prayer is, Lord, I want to be alive in you. If that's your prayer, then, then let me pray for you. Lord, I pray, Lord, for those who, who you have convicted that they're, that they're actually dead, Lord, and that you, you want them to be restored, be revived, be alive in you, Lord. I pray, Lord, for... For those people, Lord, I pray that you would allow them to trust their life in you, Lord. I pray that they would give their lives to you, Lord. I pray that you would help them in their journey, Lord, as they grow in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Continue to close your eyes.
maybe some of you here are you're you're a relatively new Christian, and your prayer is that, Lord, I'm a new Christian, but I I have I don't have the desire for your word yet. And your prayer is give you this, the desire to read his word this year. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would honor that commitment of these people, Lord. I pray that as they commit to read more of your word this year, I pray that you would bless their reading, Lord. And maybe some of you here, you've been reading the Bible, but you're having a hard time understanding what it means. Maybe you've been reading it, pero parang walang pumapasok. Uh, parang everything feels dry. And maybe your prayer is that God would speak to you more clearly. He would give you understanding and that He would give you discernment. If that's you, then we'll also pray uh, later for that. And maybe some of you here are, you understand God's Word, but you struggle in, in applying it yet. Maybe you're here, you're already applying the Word of God, but you still struggle with applying it with all your heart. And the prayer for you is that you want more understanding and more discernment that I may obey your word, Lord, that it may reach a point where I love it. If that's your prayer, we'll also pray later. And maybe some of you, you have understood God's word, you have applied it, but sometimes you get distracted with competing priorities. Your eyes are, you know the path, but your eyes are looking somewhere else. And maybe the prayer for you is, Lord, help me, help my eyes to see, direct my eyes, Lord, saan dapat ako mag-prioritize, Lord. Maybe some of you have really been growing in the Lord, but there are certain still lingering desires in your old life, like pride, like lust, like love of money, like whatever that may be lingering still in your heart. And maybe the prayer is, for God to prune you on these things. Maybe the prayer is that you want to be pruned so that you're able to bear more fruit that will last. And maybe some of you, praise the Lord, are already hungering so much and longing for God's word. Maybe your prayer is that God would sustain you and that you get to a point where you delight in his word and that you delight in obedience. I pray that this year, as we stay blessed, as we stay rooted in His Word, wherever we are in our journey, that He would be with us. Let's all pray. Lord, thank You, Lord, for in every situation, You know where we are. You know where we are. You know if we're spiritually dead, we want to be alive. You know when we are understanding Your Word, but we don't still understand and discern it, Lord. Maybe uh, sometimes for us, we're also just, we want revival, Lord, in, in our desire to read your word. For some, they've already been reading the word, they've already been applying, but sometimes application is hard, there are still lingering desires. And sometimes for us, Lord, maybe we were too focused on worldly things. Lord, Revive our hearts, Lord. Send revival into every part of our lives that needs revival, Lord. I pray for this year would be a year of revival, a year of 
soaking ourselves in your word. I pray that we would be rooted in your word. We would journey with one another. We would support one another. We would encourage one another this year, Lord. I pray that you would send revival, Lord, even for those who are already, they love you so much. They are already longing, Lord. I pray that you sustain their desire. You sustain their passion for you, Lord. We commit to you our hearts, Lord. We resurrender our lives. We resurrender everything we hold dear. And we just want it to be you. We want to be focused on your path of obedience and help us on the path of delight. Be glorified with our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Join the GCAF Manila community on Facebook and other social media platforms for more. Together, let's continue to obey beyond borders. Thank you.